This episode of Hookup Horror Stories is brought to you by Podmatch. Do you have a podcast that could use some fresh guests? Or perhaps you're an entrepreneur and are looking to get featured on cool podcasts. Never fear, Podmatch is here. Podmatch is an online podcast matching service that automatically matches ideal podcast hosts and guests for interviews. Imagine your favorite online dating app, but instead of using it for finding dates, you're booking podcast interviews. Simply make your account, fill out your bio, add your keywords on what you're looking for, and get matched with Podmatch's automatic matching technology. I've been using Podmatch for a few years now to book guests, and I absolutely love it. I find really cool people, coaches, experts, and gurus on all sorts of topics. And of course, today's guest I found on Podmatch. I also get booked on other people's shows all the time, and I have a blast meeting people from all over and creating long-lasting relationships with them. Sign up today using my affiliate link at joinpodmatch.com slash Wild. That's joinpodmatch.com slash Wild, And check this episode description for more. And and to them, they definitely piled on me and they said I was toxic and they said I was, it sounds like I've got a problem and all this stuff. I remember that and it was so hurtful. It was so hurtful because I really wanted them to be different people. But as I look back on it, I was being manipulative. I was trying to get them to be people that they weren't. I really didn't like them in the first place. You know, I felt rejected and I was all upset. And I understand now that, you know, I was being a bad guy. I was being the bad guy. And I thought they were idiots and they thought I was an idiot. So we're right there. We're on the same page. And there have been times where I would think back like, oh, I really just wish I could go back to that group. This happened a couple of years ago. And I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be there. But the slide and pussy is a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm Demi Wild, your resident sexual deviant, and today my extra special guest deviant is platonic relationship and friendship coach lee hopkins welcome to the show hey i'm so glad to be here demi thank you for having me i'm super glad to have you this is going to be a really fun conversation because like yes this is a sex and dating podcast but what Mm -hmm. i found most interesting is your line of work is actually has more to do with platonic friends which i think is a very fascinating topic yeah especially in the queer community um which I'm a part of a queer community as a trans person, like a lot of the things that connect us together is revolves around something that is mind altering, like perhaps there's alcohol or sex. And what we really do want, especially when we get a little older, is for people to just talk to about stuff, especially perhaps to trade our stories. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That. <laughs> exactly that. I want somebody to talk to about it and not just pillow talk. I want somebody to just, you know, walk alongside of me, do something and, and have a conversation with. Right. So let, let's shoot this shit a little bit here. Yeah. Um, where are you from? How did you get involved in this? Um, originally, I'm from Ohio and I 
grew up there, trying to connect authentically with people. So I mentioned a part of the queer community, but I didn't say much more than that. I'm transgendered and that's female to male. So I spent most of my life as female. So I grew up uh, in Ohio trying to connect with people, make friendships and be authentic with them. And uh, it didn't work for me. I didn't know what authenticity was. And so I thought that I had to leave Ohio and people listening may believe that's a good idea. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't much in Ohio for me. So I moved to California. Um, I moved to the Central Valley of California, which was better. It's a whole different experience. I felt that I could be more of myself and connect authentically with people because not only did I want to connect, but I did want to express the queerness that was part of me. So um, being a female, I wanted to date women as well. So California at the time seemed to be like the place I could be out loud with my girlfriend and stuff, but I wasn't able to make real connections with people on an authentic level, like platonically. But the Central Valley, though, I'm <laughs> that's not the place for queer people. <laughs> I know. I know so many people. I didn't know that. So many people came to me and they were like, why are you here? Like, you should be in the Bay. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is where my job said I needed to be or could put me. And I didn't recognize that. I, I think somebody said like I was, uh, um, so it was like a, something about tomato soup never mind i forget but it's like a little red spot ended up in the red spot that is and california is supposed to be blue and liberal but i ended up in that one little red spot of california i'm like oh great okay yeah, you yeah. landed right in the uh in the in the 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 stain of california the stain of, <laughs> the shit stain of california no i, I actually Love the Central Valley. I love Northern California. I know you also, before we started recording, you talked a little mm -hmm. bit about being in the Bay Area for a little bit too. I love Northern California. I do enjoy when I visit the Central Valley just because it is so pretty. It's all farmland though. It's yes. all like just green as far as you guys can see and like flat. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the, the fresh vegetables and the groceries that I could get. I remember going to Tillamook, checking out the farmer farmers markets and um, farmers. <laughs> to farmers. <laughs> Farmer wants a wife, okay. <laughs> but I I um getting back on track, you know, I had to leave all that behind because I wasn't making real connections with people. My relationships were falling apart. Um like romantic relationships, that wasn't much of anything. Right. Um so I had an opportunity again to move to Chicago. That's where I am now. That's where I am now. And here I really connected with the queer community because I transitioned here. I, I landed here. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner was coming out and I just thought, wow, this is perfect. My my corporate job paid for my transition. And it wow. was just like, yeah, right. I was working with a company long enough that they were progressive enough that they just paid for the whole thing. And this put me at odds with the people that I wanted to connect with, I think, because most queer people who are going through a transition aren't supported in that way. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, Mr. Moneybags, working in a corporate office, being all queer and hiding in my privilege and not being able to connect to them authentically. So I just, I, I, I fell out of alignment with a lot of people in the queer community. But how did I get to where I am? Well, I realized that I needed something. 
I mean, I didn't have the answer. I wasn't able to connect with people platonically. So my relationships suffered all over. I was just lone and lonely. And so I went to therapy and uh, I learned how to feel my feelings and to express them. And, and I learned that Demi, this might surprise you, but other people have feelings too. <laughs> and <laughs> I learned about those and how to- As much as I try to avoid my feelings, uh, yeah. They, they <laughs> I know. And I will be right there to, all my relationships were like, I would be right there to deny you of your feelings too. You try to avoid them, good. I will make sure that you don't feel them either. Um, so I learned about how to to better connect with myself and better connect with other people. And I realized that this is amazing. One, this is amazing. It feels really great. And two, there are a lot of people who really don't recognize that they can do, th do this and that it is an option that they, I can help them with. So I learned how to do that. Um, I started dedicating myself to helping people make authentic, authentic platonic connections. Authentic, authentic. <laughs> yeah authentic platonic relationships yes so yeah uh something like that where you can talk to people about things that are real and true and honest you know yeah definitely um so you transitioned as an adult how did your relationship with your family like did they did, how do they feel about this you know i'd like to say that they Looking back on it, ah, so many so many angles that come at me here. So just to answer your question flat out, they didn't care for it. <laughs> they didn't care for it. Um, I grew up in a Christian family who believed that this is the way men and women is, and and such and such, and they didn't like it. But you know, to no surprise to me, um, most of the things that I did, they didn't like. Period. That's it. Like, oh, I, I came out as lesbian. Yeah, of course, they're not going to like that. But even before that, even before the queerness, it was more so of like, oh, you, you're doing something different. Your, your artwork, it's, it's different. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, you are, I don't know, talking and you're, you're speaking like a white person, quote, white person. I don't like that either. <laughs> so I, there's a long history of me doing things that they don't like. And this is just another, another thing that I discovered that, oh, they're not going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can say that looking back on it, but then I was devastated. I'm like, I want to be accepted, please. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing about us as queer people. We we don't really try to conform to any sort of thing. And we just gravitate to whatever interests us. We gravitate towards things that might just be, you know, a little off, but like still socially acceptable for the most part. But even still, if you live in a very like structured um, traditional family style place and yeah that stuff is just not gonna fly like just because of what it is yeah it's just not going to and i really think that uh, this is what i've come to my conclusion as like uh, just going to the world as a queer person or just somebody who's always getting it wrong somehow i'm always getting it wrong somebody's not gonna like what i do I mean, of course i'm recognizing that somebody's just not gonna like what i do but right. also understanding that, well, they don't like what I do because they're afraid to do what I do. They're mm -hmm. afraid to step out of that social norm and to like that thing that's different and be the the authentic person that they really are. Like, so they're like, oh, you're you're being queer. I don't like that. Cause I can't do it, you can't either. And I'm like, there's 
I've reached this point where there's just nothing that anyone can do about that, about me living authentically. They can have all kinds of feelings about it, but they can't change the way I feel about myself. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all you can do. Yeah, for real. So when did you move into this kind of like coaching business? When did this all start? Um, I started about four years ago. And uh, I was working a corporate job at the time, so I really didn't pay too much attention to this business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after the pandemic and being isolated like a lot of people, really trying to connect with myself and really trying to learn what's important to me, um, I left my corporate job. I woke up one day and I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> and it, it sucked because I I enjoyed the job, I enjoyed the work, but I wasn't able to talk to anybody and I felt very lonely. I was the only person on my team who did what I did. I didn't really have any connection through the work or outside of it because I had spent so much time focusing on the job that I didn't have anybody to talk to outside of it. You know, one of the scarier things that has happened in my life um, as it relates to not having a platonic connection, that authentic one that I could be honest with, is that I had emergency surgery. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, no one knew. I, I went to the health center, and this was in college. I went to the health center for... Um, a stomach ache because it persisted for a couple days and I just thought, yeah, I just feeling terrible. I need to go get some extra strength, whatever they're going to give me. And so I go there and they say, you look like death. We need to get you to a hospital. <laughs> and I'm like, no, um, I just need something for my stomach. And they're like, you're clammy. You got a fever. We're going to put you in an ambulance. We think it's appendectomy. We think you need to, we think you need uh, your app, your appendix taken out. Right. And so they asked me if I wanted to call anybody and I was like, nope, I don't, I don't think, I cannot think of anybody that I would be bothering, that I wouldn't be bothering. Like if I call somebody, I think that they wouldn't care or I, I just think that they don't, nope. So not even my family, I'm telling you, not even my family. Man. So they take me to the hospital and uh, I'm getting nervous and I'm scared. I'm like, oh, it's serious. The doctor said, yes, you, you've got to go under. We need to do it now. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm not going to make up. And they said, do you want to call anybody? No. Nope. Can't think of anybody I want to call. <laughs> not even my parents, not even my mom, because I didn't feel like they really see me or knew me or, or care about me. And I thought I was going to die. And I just didn't tell them. I just didn't. This, so they found out. I after. have something that happened to me, actually, too. I, I, uh, maybe 2017 or so I had, um, no, 2016. This is a wild story, but um, I had a um, a cyst, an abscess, on my butthole. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life, and it burst, and Oof. it created a thing called um, basically. They should have just lanced it when I went to the hospital, but they didn't do that. I had a switch of doctors. 
Unfortunately, I had to go back to the doctor afterwards, mm. but they had a switch of doctors. The doctor that was taking care of me was not the doctor that finished with me. And the doctor that finished with me just gave me pills and sent me on my way. They should have just lanced it right then and there because it went and it burst. Ooh. And it created this thing called a fistula. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but it's basically like a tunnel. And <laughs> it was <laughs> for like two months, I had to like walk around with this horrible like this is gonna get a little gross draining thing i had to wear tampons, wow Oof. like like just tucked in between the cheeks just to like you know keep okay it. okay and work on top of it i was a server <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but at the same time i had no one to talk to about this because number one i was ashamed i was a i was like oh my god this horrible thing's happening to me my right. friends had all kind of like left me and i was homeless <laughs> like i was i hadn't i didn't know what to do it was like the worst time of my life and all my friends just like just didn't give a shit so like wow. i know what you're talking about like having pain and not being able to like to just tell someone yes exactly it would have been i know that the, the physical pain doesn't go away for that but hey it'd have been better to like talk to somebody about the emotional pain or and felt cared for right. and that experience that sounds oof, i'm <laughs> over here like, <laughs> like i'm just really shaking i'm like oh my god i had to walk around with that for like two months and um take all these like baths and um what they call sits baths basically put epsom salt for like a water that's about this big and just like just sit in it i love baths now so like that's kind of like <laughs> but i ended up having to have surgery on it later on oh my god pretty wild anyways <laughs> Well, anyways, the only thing I can think of is how is your butthole now? My <laughs> butthole is wonderful now. Thank you for <laughs> <laughs> wonderful now. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, I know exactly what you're talking about. When you're in pain, you don't have anybody to talk to. It sucks. Yeah, it does. We really want somebody. We want somebody to be close to us and to talk about the things that hurt the things that heal, you know, somebody there for those big things. And another one of those uh, events that kind of brought me into doing the coaching that I do today is that when I moved from California to Chicago, I'd actually gotten promoted. So I was working in a warehouse and I got promoted to the corporate office, which was a big deal. Like well, a lot of people, everybody in the warehouse knew yeah. that I got promoted from the corporate, from the, the warehouse floor to work in a corporate office. And it was a big celebration. It was a big, it should have been a big celebration. I was making more money than I'd ever made before. And I had a new chance to, to turn my life around. Mm -hmm. And again, there were zero people that I really felt I could connect with on this that really understood how joyous an occasion this was. Right. Not even my family not even my family. So I'm like, I need that. I need, we need that, that person that's going to celebrate you and, and know how hard you work to get to that and know what's going on behind the scenes. We want somebody to check on, check in. And I just, I'm distracted by your story. I think it's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Demi, like, how is your ass today? <laughs> you know, and you never check it if you want. 
<laughs> a friendly I'm fine, gesture. I'm fine. No, this was years ago. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to know. Good to know. But you know, somebody to check in. Like, congratulations! I know how hard you worked on that, and you you deserve it. And been there through the thick and thin of it. We want people like that in our lives, and it's so few and far in between that we create those connections. We usually, I know that I I I thought that. Um, all my sexual partners were the ones who would be the the friends. Right. And whenever I got into a relationship, I had no f- friends, had no people. I didn't talk to anybody else. I made them everything. Terrible. Terrible. But at the same time, I think it's also a blessing as a queer person to find the importance of chosen family. Like, like RuPaul always says, and I, I preach a lot of RuPaul stuff because she's actually very spiritually sound yeah um but she always says uh find your tribe and that's the Mm -hmm. people that you put in place around you to you know be your support net granted that's easier said than done for a lot of us so what are some tips that you have as a relationship platonic friend coach that allows us to like how do we make friends as an adult Yeah. So 99% of making a friend is being in the right place. And the spiritual stuff here, it comes like wherever you are is where your friends are. So essentially, if you want to be around people who do the things that you're interested in, you need to get to those places and do the things that you're interested in. That's simple as that. You, If you're in a bar like I was drinking it up and you're like, man, none of these people I can talk to, I, I you know, hoping that you can connect with them on a deeper level. Well, change your atmosphere, change your place, go to different places and be in different spaces and talk about things that are important to you. So I like to give actionable stuff because I moved all over the world, not over the world, but I moved from Ohio. <laughs> from Modesto to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, in I, essence, a whole different world. It's a whole different world out here. It is so different. Chicago is the best place I've ever lived, uh, hands down. But for real, it, I hated that people would say, go find your tribe, but not give you any actionable steps. Because I've heard that before. So what's actionable? I tell my clients three things. There are three things that you should know about yourself and be in the places that support you. So first, your history, the history, the things that are important to you about your history that has shaped who you are, you want to be able to talk about those. I'm a Black queer person that has shaped my my reality in a way that I will not stop talking about. If you go into a space in which you can't talk about your history and what's important to you about that, it's going to be hard for you to connect with those people. Just keep it, just keep it real, right? Your hobbies. These are the activities that bring you joy. Joy is the the thing, the one emotion that we all run towards. We like to enjoy things. We, we think about our friends when we think about a fun time that we've had with them, not Uh, man, the last time I talked to them, they were, uh, we won't want to text them. We won't want to hang out with them. We won't want to be with them. So think about your hobbies. What is important to you? What brings you joy that you like to do? Do not hide that. Do not hide that. If you've got friends who don't like your fetish or whatever, (laughs) and it's a real big deal to you, you need to go talk to people about that. You need to have a space for those people. I have a friend who's really into pup play, (laughs) which is... (laughs) 
kind of really funny for him because I've known him for a very long time and he <laughs> somehow just got into this, but now he is all about it and he found his tribe in this community. So it's exactly that. You Absolutely. Share the same interests as you. You definitely do. You have to find those people. And then the, finally, the one that people really don't look at most, but it, it really affects how, how you show up are your habits. So the habits are the, the activities that you do on a day-to-day basis. They're different from hobbies because hobbies are the things that you enjoy. They're activities that you enjoy. But habits are the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, if you're a, ter- if you're a person who wants to connect with somebody who saves money, it's going to show up in your habits. If you're a person who saves money, it's going to show up in your habits. Do not connect with somebody who wants to spend a bunch of money. Okay, It's going to show up in your habits because... What you do as a person who saves money is that you make your own coffee at home, you make your own lunch at home. You don't you don't buy coffee out at Starbucks. You don't go to work and then go out to lunch. You don't do those things. So you want to look for those habits that you have. And furthermore down the line, you're going to get further away from this person because you as a person who really wants to save money is going to be going to seminars, looking at places or looking looking to learn about how to invest your money while your friend who is all about spending money is going to be trying to take you to the strip club. Your values are are misaligned, right? <laughs> They're misaligned. So however that lands for you, you know, make sure you check your habits. Why do you do what you do on a day-to-day basis? So if you want to get to the places to connect with the people that are going to be your platonic friends, think about your history, your hobbies, and your habits. If you know people that encompass all three, they all overlap, it's great. Of course, we're going to have one or two here, but if you find people who encompass all three, you're going to be really close. You're going to find really close people. I never even thought about how habits can affect your relationships. That act- You're actually putting it so plainly for me because I think that's something where I struggle because I have, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. So <laughs> I hmm. really like, zero in on like doing one thing and I and I forget about the other stuff I basically just like just get tunnel vision but also when that happens I suffer from burnout so like Mm. when I have been spending you know 12 hours editing or you know writing and like doing all the things which I really enjoy doing I love all that stuff but then at the same time at the very end of like when I'm done I'm like (sighs) And then I'm like, what do I do? Because now I'm done. And <laughs> <laughs> then the bad habits kick in, you know, the, the shitty eating, the, you know, the spending money just to, you know, the dopamine hits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, something that I had to do as well, you know, as a business owner, entrepreneur, get into the zone and uh, just really start working and working and working and feeling like I can complete this or I just, I'm, I'm in that flow. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. There, there's, it's an opportunity to release and let it go and and be like, yeah, I, I know I can't do this tonight. I know what I'm gonna feel like the next day. I know that I won't have anything to look forward to the next day and let it go. Um, that is a nice habit to have. That's something that I had to develop because I would do stuff like this too, like you're talking about. Like I'd be up till four in the morning doing something and I'm like, this is my best work yet. And then the rest of the day I have stuff that I need to do to connect with people, but I'm tired for it. I'm 
annoyed. I need more coffee, you know? So I had to stop myself last night, actually, because last night I was, I had been up since seven in the morning for some reason. I, I was awake. That didn't <laughs> happen. I think it had something to do with coming back from vacation, but also um, nice. the time change and all that stuff. So, but then I had to stop myself because like I had done so many recordings yesterday. I had done, um, I was making, you know, the little reels, the content, editing, Ooh. the new mm-hmm. thing. I was up until maybe like 9.45. I took breaks in between, which was very important. I went and got my haircut, you know, all that stuff. I, and you, but when nice. I came back, I was like refreshed and stuff. Yeah. I had to tell myself at 9.45, okay, okay, I'm done. I, nice. I, I have to go to bed now because <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to to continue on, even though you I would have. you've had. Yes, it is really easy once you get into that flow state, and when you know that you're creating, 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 nothing else exists mm-hmm. but what you're doing in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, this has been awesome. We're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, I know we got a couple stories. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> And we're back, Lee. Let me, back. Let me tell. Let me tell. Tell me your story. <laughs> so tell me the story. So I talked just a moment ago about the history, hobbies, and habits, and I. I let me just say, I firmly believe that any romantic relationship has to have some kind of platonic friendship before you get into that relationship. Like, if you want to make it work, you really have to have this connection, and so. You know, I dated a woman who had a completely different set of habits than I did. And I didn't even pay attention or notice. I was just all in my own thoughts and feelings about having somebody like me in the first place. And so (laughs) I'm laughing at this because um, the biggest habit difference was around their diet and what they ate. And many of us, we don't look at that. We don't care. Like they eat what they eat. I eat what I eat. All right. No, it it, it gets complicated. It gets complicated when you want to sit down and have dinners together. It gets even more complicated when you want to cook for each other. Mm -hmm. This person was a vegan and I was not. (laughs) So I didn't want their vegan stuff. (laughs) I didn't want their food. I was like, fuck tofu, fuck all these things, these green vegetables you're trying to bring to me. And they they were just like disgusted by the meat that I ate. They didn't want any of it. They didn't want me to 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 feed it to them, but they said they would cook it for me. So I'm like, all right, great, cook it for me and, and we can have dinner together. But I didn't know how to prepare any of their vegan stuff and I wasn't interested in learning. So we often thought about that. We often thought about that and... I tried some of their stuff. I didn't like it. They didn't want to try any of my stuff. And we just kept fighting a whole lot about this experience of us being in a relationship together. So this was back when I presented as a female and I was dating another woman. And it was just the worst thing. It's the worst thing to have to try and connect with them and constantly argue 
And that stuff spilled over into regular conversations that we had too. It's mm. like we're arguing over nothing, over food. So uh, that was not a that was just a highlight of a story. That wasn't enough. that wasn't the deep, that wasn't a deep deep story about that. The, we've been talking about um, like friendships and and platonic connections, and when I talked about. Um, the history hobbies and habits that idea that friendship core that connection with the person that i cared about um as a romantic partner popped in my mind um i don't recall of any story of any direct story that related to her and the veganism thing but i do remember me not wanting to be able to talk to them about anything right because we can we can connect with the food we couldn't when connect with the regular starts, habits. Can't can't talk about things. It's just it's when resentment sort of kicks in. Yeah, resentment started kicking in really big, and uh, we just fought so much, <laughs> and uh, our relationship exploded. Our relationship exploded. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to share. A different story with you and i wonder if that's okay because yeah, completely okay because we had talked about friendships a little bit and this other friendship this idea popped into my mind and the the details about the friendship breakup what was the friendship breakup and how we were connected um friends for almost a decade we're friends for almost a decade and uh this is during the pandemic when I started the, we started to reconnect um, Zoom meetings. We were like, yeah, you know, let's talk to each other once a month. And I really didn't know them too deeply because we had kind of separated in our lives, but then we came back together. So we're reconnecting and it's almost a decade and we were getting to know each other. And I started to, to notice that I was changing a whole lot. I was looking for things and that I wanted to talk about things that were important to me with these people and I really just couldn't. There's something about the, our connections and our conversations that were just like leaving me wanting to be mad at them. I was mad at them because they weren't interested in what I was talking about. They couldn't understand what I was talking about, talking about whatever's happening in my life, my history, hobbies and habits, whatever that is, they weren't interested in, in any of that stuff. It didn't seem like it. And um, I talked about how I wanted to make my business uh, bigger. I wanted to, I had some ideas and I wanted to bounce off of them. I wanted some support and they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to do that. And I started to resent them. I didn't like them. I didn't like them. And <laughs> we started to get, I started to build my resentment, but I didn't tell them. Instead, this is what I did. I was, uh, I believed that I was so much better than them. I got on my high horse. I believe I was so much better than them, so much smarter than them, so much cooler than them that they needed to be manipulated into knowing that <laughs> I have the answers and they don't. Like, this is the way to be and they don't. So that's what I started to do. And I thought I was really good at it. I was like, you know, trying to ease topics into the conversation, move it this way, move it that way with this group of people. And uh, Demi, they they saw me. 
<laughs> they saw me. <laughs> they saw what you were up to. They saw what I was up to. Yeah, they saw what I was up to, and they were like, "Lee, get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> In no uncertain terms. Wait, so what we were had you doing exactly. What's that? Well, I was just saying that you know, trying to head off the conversation. So the. What I've noticed in the conversation is they would complain about things a whole lot. It was just a complain fest, like complain, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, you know, how about a solution? How about what's good today? What's happening? What's nice today? Stuff like that. It, I didn't, I know it was manipulative in the sense that they wanted to talk about something and I completely tried to derail it and talk about something that I wanted to talk about. And they're perfectly fine talking about the things that they dislike about the world, you know, complaining about this, complaining about mm -hmm. that, wanting this and wanting that to happen. And I'm like, no, let's, let's look at it a different way. Let's action. Shame on you for looking this way. Shame on you for being like that. I remember one of the things that they're um, trying to empower, they're trying to commiserate. Yes, that's right. And one of the things that, uh, that really pushed the pushed it over the edge was that a friend had jumped into the group chat and said that they wanted they they were applying for jobs and they applied for two and one that they really didn't want didn't want they got they they applied and they got that one first and they were afraid to wait for the second job. So they jump into the chat and they say, well, I guess I've got this job. And I'm like, it's all the emotional energy of, I don't want it. I don't want this, but I want you to feel bad for me, but it's a good thing. And I'm just like, ah, uh, well, congratulations to you. Good job. Wonderful. And other people were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know you didn't want this. And I'm like, all right. So everybody was really thinking against um, the idea that I dropped into the chat. And then we continued on more. I'm like, yo, if you're really upset about this, why don't you talk about it? And people were just like siding with the idea that we're not going to, we're not going to pay attention to what Lee is saying. In fact, Lee, you're an outsider here. You need to get out, you need to get out here. And so because you're trying to reframe things in a positive light. <laughs> Yeah, trying to reframe things in a positive light. Yes. Oh that's, my god. And that's and and to them, they definitely piled on me and they said I was toxic and they said I was it sounds like I've got a problem and all this stuff. I remember that and it was so hurtful. It was so hurtful because I really wanted them to be different people. But as I look back on it, I was being manipulative. I was trying to get them to be people that they weren't. I really didn't like them in the first place. You know, I felt rejected and I was all upset. And I understand now that you know, I was being a bad guy. I was being the bad guy. And I thought they were idiots and they thought I was an idiot. So we're right there. We're on the same page. And there have been times where I would think back like, oh, I really just wish I could go back to that group. This happened a couple of years ago. And I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there with those kind of people. And so when we have these friendship breakups or separations from people you know, I lost, that was the whole group of people that I talked to. And then there was nobody. And it was like, I just wish I could talk to one of them, maybe not the whole group, but just one or and stuff like that. And when you have these kind of 
failures or breakups or explosions and you just have to let go. That's what I learned. You have to let Sometimes go. Sometimes those people are doing you a favor. Yeah. No. They're doing me a favor. You maybe were even having a little bit of like toxicity in your own mind also, like just with, you know, the ego thoughts, you know, yes. the whole situation and, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, like, you know, these, these people, in order to make relationships work, sometimes you have to make meet people where they are. But it also goes both ways. You have to have from both sides. That's where a relationship is. Yeah. When you are not getting that, forget it. These people are not worth the energy. Absolutely. I I wasn't able to meet them where they are because I wanted them to be I wanted them to be better. <laughs> <laughs> and how shitty is that, really? It's a to have a friend tell you, you suck, you need to be better. That's terrible on their side. And then I learned that, you know, people are going to be, meet them where they are. They are where they are. And if I want people that are on my level, then I go to find those people. Exactly. Lee, this has been awesome. That was a really good story. Um, I might have to do a follow-up with you later on. Because- <laughs> There is a lot we didn't get to today. I know you got a hard stop right now. So um, where can my listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me at PatternsOfPossibility.com. That's where my website is. That's where I live. I have a a couple of uh, webinars that really help you connect with people. So if you're afraid to speak your truth to people, if you're afraid to talk about, you know, what's important to you, I have a webinar that you can go ahead and sign up for for the month of March, probably ongoing and uh, patterns of possibility on all other social media as well so check me out patterns of possibility.com will do and of course you'll find all the links in the description down below and in my show notes on my website demetriwild.com lee thank you again for being here today this has been awesome all right thank you so much for having me thank you a very special thank you to my guests for joining me in this week's episode check out the episode description for all of their information. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll really help out the show. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel for video versions of this show and other content. You will find my blogs, The Deviant Diaries, and A Deviant's Guide to Sex, show notes, articles used, and Hookup Horror Stories official merch on my website at DimitriWild.com. You can also purchase both of my poetry books, Better Blue Pill, and Always Nothing in the Time of Champions from Amazon.com. Just search for Dimitri Wild. Oh, one last thing. Thank you for listening. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional. So just do it. <laughs>